Cryptology Files. All things creepy, cryptic, otherworldly. There it is. Thank you <laughs> so much. Well, guys, we are Oddity Files, the, the podcast. podcast. I'm getting really bad at that. I know. <laughs> I'm Kitsy Duncan. And I'm Clayton Abbott. And uh, we're a podcast, and we're a TV show. Yes. And we like creepy, spooky, cryptid stuff and things. Yeah. So if you're into all that, then you're in the right spot. Do we start ten, six minutes early? or? Can we start six minutes early? Perfect. Do you want to? Why not? Brian, do you want to sit? <laughs> <laughs> sit down, Brian. <laughs> You're distracting us. Sit down in the back there. <laughs> well, thank you guys for being here. This is a this is a healthy crowd. It is. It's good. How are, is, did everyone go to the con today? Did we spend some time on the floor? Yeah. Nice. Anybody spend time in photo ops and yes. have nice. me yell ready at them? <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so we're a, a paranormal podcast where we talk about weird shit we find on the internet. If you don't want me to cuss, raise your hand right now. I see a little one. Is it okay? Yep. Okay, because <laughs> this bitch can cuss. I'm just saying. <laughs> and it is actually written in my story. <laughs> but yeah, we don't only talk about ghosts. We talk about UFOs and Bigfoot and sometimes curses and we're getting into conspiracy a little bit. Urban legends. Um, yeah, so we're not only talking about ghosts. So when you, it's paranormal, it's just Anything that's not normal that you can't really explain. Okay, the fact that you're putting your lip on that microphone is freaking me out. Are you aware there's a coronavirus? Oh my god. <laughs> if I get it, I'll let you know. Okay. No, not allowed. <laughs> not allowed at all. Um, yeah, so we, we put a new podcast up every Friday, mm -hmm. and um, we just had one go up today. I told a story of the Fresno Nightcrawlers, which I have been obsessed with since... Fact or faked, and the hot Ben Hansen, FBI yeah. Ben. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and my story this week was the Michigan or the Lake Michigan Triangle. So everyone knows about the Bermuda Triangle, but Lake Michigan has its own triangle, which is crazy. Insane. It's Absolutely insane. Like I could, we probably could have done a full episode just on that. Um, like there's this captain that just literally disappears off his ship. Out of his cabin, not off the ship. But there's he went no in, way to get out of his. There was there weren't any portholes or anything. He just vanished. So I'm having nightmares about go that. Go listen to still. episode 66. <laughs> What's it called? <clears throat> um, it was called Damn Those Men in Black Suits. That's fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> Every story always has, like, anytime there's evidence that you know there's evidence, shortly after a, minute of, or a man in a black suit shows up, and then that person's gone, their evidence is gone. Yeah. Their plane. It's just like the movie. Their plane crashes. Yeah. Well, I don't, don't know. Don't trust them. Don't trust anyone. That is my motto. <laughs> People scare me, except you guys, because you guys are here, and I love you. Okay? Do you love me back? Yeah. God, you guys are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> University of Cincinnati. Are you from Cincinnati? Yeah, I saw you at Horror Yeah. That's what I thought. I thought that was you. This guy's everywhere. <laughs> so, GalaxyCon, they've been great to us. We've done a live podcast at every GalaxyCon since... Since... Raleigh last, last year? year? Yes. So, like I said, they're great to us, and we love doing their shows because it's always a different crowd, um, but it's always a fun crowd, people that are willing just to listen to us 
ramble on about something that we find interesting. About weird stuff we find on the Google. And sometimes we get sidetracked and sometimes we might offend people, um, but yeah, I we just... I try really hard not to, but I have a feeling I do every episode. Um, but yeah, we're just here really to have a good time. Uh, we don't take ourselves too seriously. You'll learn that really quickly. And uh, yeah, we just love what we do. And I stumble when reading because words are hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do want to let you guys know, people who haven't heard the podcast before, at the end we open up the floor to one person to tell their own personal paranormal story. So as we're doing our thing, you guys think about if you've got anything. There's a free sticker involved, <laughs> so I'm just putting that out there. You guys can fight for it later. Yeah. <laughs> you have some paranormal in the news, though. I do. So every week we find something that's happened in the news somewhere in the world. And this one, so I'm, I love space and UFOs and aliens and all that good stuff. And there is video footage from the the International Space Station. Like legit. Of, I mean, you could call it a UFO because it's unidentified. Correct. It's also flying and it's an object. So it was a UFO. Um, but yeah, it's just like traveling the exact same speed as the ISS, but it's, it's not a satellite. It's not, like it's not debris. And then all of a sudden it just starts to like float up, which, would mean it's like leaving orbit, which right. something would need to be like propelled, um, but there's no, like, it, it's just doing it as if it's on its own. And NASA, like, released this footage, so it's not like Joe Schmo, you know. And was it on a camera that, like, anybody can view on the internet? Yeah, it's it was on, like, like a webcam. Yeah. Yeah. Is and that still what they're called? I don't even know. Yeah, sure. Okay. And it makes me think of 90s porn. <laughs> but it just, like, floats up and away, and then all of a sudden it just, it doesn't, like, shoot off like everyone thinks. You know, it does, though. I mean, it's pretty quick, but it's not like zing. Like, it's, yeah. you know, it's like, yeah. oh, there it goes. But you see NASA zooming in on it. Yeah. Which it lends to the validity of it, I think. Yeah, but it was a 22-minute shot of yeah. them just, like, focusing on this thing, and then it just decides to leave. But there's nothing on the news. They're still talking about this stupid coronavirus. I know. Talk about the UFOs. I, please, and um, thank you. But, yeah, so if you guys want to see that, you can either Google it yourself or we post stories on our Instagram feed. So if you go to Instagram every, because we're a podcast and again, we don't take ourselves too seriously. So when we, we, try, to, <laughs> we try to describe <laughs> what something looks like, a lot of times in our head we're like, oh, that was exactly how it looks. We should at one point describe like something to each almost. other and then like have to draw like what we see. Oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. Um, Doesn't work on radio though. We put up highlights on Instagram. So if you're listening back to episode 12, there's Which a highlight. Which you will, right? Yes. 12 was a good one. Um, and then there's timestamps so you know exactly what something looks like, like the Fresno Nightcrawler. You'll see what they look like. And uh, yeah, so we'll do the same thing. This episode will air next Friday. Yes. So if you liked it or if you came in late and really are interested in what happened in the first in five late, minutes. they didn't hear you say that. Right. <laughs> exactly. You can go back next week and uh, next Friday Absolutely. and listen to the episode. We also have a ghost hunting show. Do you guys watch all that stuff on the Travel Channel? Yeah. It's kind of amazing and I'm a complete addict. It's addicting. Yes. But we have a show on Amazon Prime that's free to all Prime members or if you're not a Prime member you can like download an episode. I think it's like a dollar ninety nine an episode. I think at one point I said it was 50 cents an episode. but. No, that's what we make off it. <laughs> um, but we go to notoriously haunted locations, 
And we get evidence that those shows you watch on that one channel doesn't get. Bobby Mackey's, there's no demons. I'm just putting out there. It's yeah. a chick. She talked to us the entire <laughs> night. Yeah, but we investigate. It's just the two of us and then her son, Carter. He's with us as well. He's more of like our camera tech guy. Um, but we don't have any big production teams to go in with us. We he don't comes with to spend time with mom. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a network that's funding us and like sending us to these places. It's all done just us. We do have a Patreon that we have subscribers to, and that's kind of how we are able to afford the equipment and the travel. Mm -hmm. But we've been to Australia to investigate. Yes. We've been all over the United States. Um, but yeah, we have three seasons that are on Amazon. Prime right now. We're really proud of the third season. Yes, don't, don't watch the others. You really three don't need it. to. You can just start with number three. <laughs> My editing was really bad. I mean, it really is us. Yeah. We film it. I edit it better than I used to. <laughs> but um, it's really fun. And like I said, we went to Bobby Mackey's last year. We went to Waverly Hills. Yeah. It was insane and I don't know how anybody can do that whole thing in one night. Yeah, we, we tried and we actually had two extra people with us. Yes. So we have a producer of the podcast, DJ Jimmy. Wah, wah. And he's um, on a cruise, we miss him. Yeah. It's usually DJ Jimmy wah wah like a DJ. Like happy. But since he's gone we do like the sad wah. Yeah. Um and then my little sister who happens to live in Louisville and she's really like in tune with all of that stuff. So we took her I think as her birthday present. Uh, yeah, I think it was your birthday present to her. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's great. You can find all those episodes on Amazon Prime. Yeah. And we're actually doing our first investigation of season four. This coming week. On here Monday. in Virginia. Yeah. We are so excited. And I'll tell you in a little bit where it's going to be. But yeah. yes, it's amazing. And I can't wait to get back to it. Like I keep telling everybody, it's like, oh, I'm so excited you're filming for season four. I'm like, I was ready to quit after season three. Yeah. But um, it does. I mean, people talk about hunting ghosts and like we can joke about it sometimes but when we have back-to-back -back investigations it really is draining I mean it not is. only are you staying up all night talking to yourself in a dark room but Literally. when it's <laughs> when it's active like you can tell like they use your energy like they yeah. feed from your energy and there we are used times to tell them to take our energy yeah we don't know a psychic told me don't do that anymore <laughs> right we're like falling asleep on the drives home like yeah. oh, maybe not um, but yeah, it really is draining. So it, when we're filming eight episodes in two months, yeah. two or three months, and doing our job on top of it, yeah. it's just absolutely draining. We call yeah. them um, like investigation hangovers. And it's legit Because a thing. the next morning you just feel, you're like, why? Because we're not like doing much. Like no, we're, we're literally sitting, sitting around. It's just all night. So yeah. It's not like we're running. Um, sometimes well, and you so you you wake <laughs> up and you're just like oh my gosh yeah it's I you know I I was the kind of kid who was terrified of this stuff when they were little I knew it was there so I'd hide under the blankets I didn't even get into this until I was in my third when my dad my stepdad passed away who was the most amazing man on the planet sorry um, it, I just wanted to know he was okay so I'm like I started watching these ghost shows and I'm like this isn't nearly as scary as I thought it was going to be. They're just yelling at ghosts all the time. <laughs> I can do that. So, um, and I did make contact with my dad through a psychic medium friend of ours, and he is okay. So everything happens for a reason. Yeah. yeah. And then she drug me into it. 
Totally. <laughs> and then we drug my son Carter into right. it. and Because I started as a skeptic, a healthy skeptic. I had had something happen to me when I was a kid that I'm not going to say that I saw ghosts. I just couldn't explain it. Um, and so when she kind of approached me like, hey, do you want to do this? I was like, oh, sure. Like, why not? I'm, I don't I had think. had to meet his dad and make sure it was OK. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't, I'm still confident. I don't think I'm going to see an apparition like oh, rolling down week. the hallway in a, like a, dress or something but you know I've been touched I've I've seen shadow figures I've he's seen had them say his name on several occasions yeah, well one he's had one say his name yeah, on several the, occasions the same entity but um but yeah I, it's just one of those things that before it I would kind of like I would laugh at the shows I'd watch them and they would get evidence and I would literally laugh at them but now that we've done it for eight years it's now a long freak so we have a new child in the room I cuss. Do you want me to cut it out? No. Oh, I love you. <laughs> Thank you. Because <laughs> um, I'm that bitch. <laughs> but yeah, it's a lot of fun. And it's, like she said, it's just addicting. And at the end of every season when we're wrapping, we're like, I'm so happy we're done. Yeah. We'll talk about another season, maybe. <clears throat> and now we're like, scrambling around trying to find chargers. Where are we going? And, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so has anybody in the audience investigated before? Nice. Oh, wow. Anybody cool. want to investigate who hasn't yet? Sweet. We need to do another uh, investigation where we bring fans along. Yes. I think that would be fun. We did one at a place called Revenant Acres. It's about an hour outside of east Indy. of Indianapolis, and um, it was it was really cool. We had a my decent, son got possessed. We had a decent crowd with us. It was what twenty five people that ended up oh, coming. I think you might be exaggerating just a little really? bit. Yeah. I just remember at one point like we'd like split up. Anyways, <laughs> there were somewhere between 10 and 25 people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, sure. But yeah, it was a ton of fun. And because we do this so so frequently, and I'll, I say this all the time, that I don't think anyone, regardless of the TV show you watch, is an expert in the field. If there were experts, there would be evidence, there would be like pictures of people posing with ghosts. Like there are of no course, experts. Of course, selfies like, with ghosts. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And so, like, we're all out here, essentially just, it's trial and error. Like, yeah. we're saying, does this piece of equipment work? Not really. This mm -hmm. one, it does. And there are times where equipment works for me and not, and not kids. The flashlight sessions always work for him. Yeah. And, and that goes the same for the different investigators. So right. that's another reason why I think so many shows are different, because you bring a different energy. You bring a different persona. And... Um, it's legit, yeah, it's the just, energy and we bring. Being able to show the people on that public investigation, like proof of that, that even yeah. them being there, because we had people, we had investigated that location before, and we had people there that were getting, that were getting things to yeah. happen that we never that even we had never, happened. No, yeah. no. Last time the ghost cursed me out, and this time he was, oh, aside from possessing Carter, <laughs> <laughs> allegedly. It was either a ghost or Burger King. We think it was, I think it was Burger King. I think it was Burger King. <laughs> Has anybody listened to our podcast before? Oh, thank what? you. Thank you. You guys are awesome. So I guess we should probably do the podcast, oh, do our podcast. thing for all these people that <laughs> don't know anything about us. Guys, I'm pretty excited to tell you about this new product I'm using. Soul Drops are sacred plant supplements that boost overall wellness by enhancing your mind, body, and spirit. See what I did there? Made with traditional healing plants, this special microdosing option empowers self-healing and performance optimization. 
Soul Drops allow you to power up physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Again, see what I did there? With only a few drops per day, Soul Drops can empower your self-healing and optimization. Now, I'm not kidding. I found Soul Drops on a social media ad, and guys, I'm shocked at the results. I'm not even kidding. I'm not making this up. I am shocked at the results. My moods have leveled out, and I'm sleeping better. So Soul Drops is brought to you by renowned shamanic healer and herbalist Vlada Talan. She uses an ancient process to offer all natural, legal, and safe microdosing. Her master plant formulas have transformed the lives of thousands of people, including me. So I figured out a way to get you guys Soul Drops at a 10% discount. Are you ready? Head on over to souldrops.net and type in oddity files, one word, in the discount code box. I got the Master Trinity set, and I tell you what, this stuff works. So head on over to souldrops.net and remember to type oddity files, again, one word, into the coupon code to get your 10% off. And you know what? You can just thank me later. I think you go first. Yeah, I do. So typically, Kitsy has this thing where anytime we do a live podcast, whether we're in Seattle or East Coast, no matter, like she always does a local story. And sometimes I'll find like local or maybe like we did a horror show, so I did like all the cursed horror film sets for a story. But this one, I came back and I'm doing a local story. He did clear it w- with me. First, I did because so. I was like, oh shit, here we go. Like <laughs> the one time I want to do it, we're going to pick the same one. And that's why I'm wearing this University of Richmond shirt. So actually, our producer went to the University of Richmond, is from Richmond. And wow. this is my first time here without DJ Jimmy. And that's Aww. why I was like, it's so weird. <clears throat> I'm not getting choked up. There's literally something in my throat. <laughs> <laughs> Coronavirus. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> So I don't know how much some of you might know this. I had no idea. So the very first time I came to Richmond, it was in the summer. DJ Jimmy's real name's James. We just call him DJ Jimmy because it's fun. James took me to Belle Isle. So it's this little island thing. Just it essentially like the James River runs through Richmond. Okay. And then there's downtown. So if you're downtown, you can see it and vice versa. But people go for like picnics and just like to stand ankle deep in the walk, the rocks, and oh. like, it's nice. It doesn't sound very fun. Oh, just wait. <laughs> and so that was my only experience with it. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna do a Richmond story. And then I found out how this place started. What? And I was like, <laughs> I would have gone in very differently had I known <laughs> what I was I going wait. into. <laughs> so Bell Isle seemed to be a great place to become a Confederate prison. What? According to local officials. It was abundant in wildlife, and it had good geography. The island was used as a training One center. Second. Why do you need wildlife for a prison? Because it's nice. Oh, okay. Nice views. <laughs> Animal <Right>. kingdom. <laughs> Prisoners of war enjoy the birds. Yeah. Um, it was used as a training center and muster site at the beginning of the war. It was beyond the congestion of Richmond, and it was located near a fall line in the river where swift currents would discourage people from like trying to escape this island. I'll let Alcatraz. Alcatraz. Yeah. So a bridge that linked the island to mainland could easily be guarded and was connected to the nearby Richmond and Danville Railroad, where prisoners and supplies could easily just like, oh, here they are. The place used prisoners for, it was about a six acre enclosed 
um, piece okay. with, they built like a three foot high berm around the whole thing. Gotcha. And it just kind of served as like the dead zone. So Ooh. like if anyone tried to cross it, like, you dead. Die. Um, <laughs> the site was said to hold 3,000 prisoners, okay? So remember that for later. So this Sounds was only like supposed to hold 3,000 prisoners. That was reached within two weeks of opening the prison. Oh, shit. Yes. And the prisoners only got these thin canvas tents for protection. So, Who like, are these people? Richmond's considered the South, but, like, it still gets cold. Yeah, like, it's and freaking it's cold. cold out yeah. there right now. They were assembled in essentially just, like, a maze on the grounds. So in mid-June, authorities began taking union uncommissioned officers and privates from all of Richmond's prison buildings and just sent them to Belle Isle. They were just sending them. So by mid-July 1962, there were over 5,000 prisoners on the island. Keep in mind, they own, like... How big is this island? They're well, the spot they had them was only six acres. Oh, my God. Like, the this island is, is a lot larger than six acres, but... I mean, I know they broke the law and shit, but come on. It's also the Civil War, like... What could they have done? <laughs> well, also, like, they were just... They didn't care. Um, the prisoner exchange program was started by both sides, so whatever. Um, prisoners were... Process from Belle Isle through Libby Prison until the prison was nearly vacant. I'm only saying this because I'm assuming some of you people might know what I'm talking about if you're from here. Oh, um, yay. By September 23rd, Libby Prison was closed, so it was just Belle Isle. Okay. So now, six months later, the prison was reopened and then closed until May when it was reopened again. By November, I the mean, is the warden going on vacation? I don't know. Or what's the deal here? Okay. So by November, the population on Belle Isle is now 6,300. Oh my God. Yes, so in, and then in February, the Belle Isle prisoners were moved to a prison in Georgia. Thank the Lord. Thank God. Yep. Um, they began like letting them leave in groups of 400. By March of 1964, the last prisoners were said to have left. Um, the following June, 6,000 more men were confined here. What are these people doing? Civil War, I'm telling you. <laughs> and they were all transferred out to Danville Prison and Salisbury Prison um, by late October. So during the 18 months the prison was operating, there were more than 20,000 prisoners in and out. And they were all in tents? No. Was there a prison built? No. There were only canvas tents to hold 3,000. The others, they were just like, go lay somewhere. They must have been awful people. Estimates have the death total was around 1,000, but like, this sounds terrible, they didn't care if they died. So it's like, how many records were they actually keeping of people yeah, dying? exactly. Now, was it the they wildlife killing They were probably like, 1,000? Eh, like, <laughs> yeah. someone asked them, like, yeah, that sounds good. No, we're gonna go with 1,000. It could be more, it could be less. There were a few known escape attempts, obviously, because the river, and so they don't even know how many people tried to escape <laughs> and just were swept away. So that thousand's a real loose number. When the prison was reopened in 1863, that three-foot berm was increased to five feet. Oh, because that's going to stop people. Adding ditches on each side of it. So that it seems unnecessary. Um, <laughs> the inside of the prison was marked off with 60 streets radiating from a central avenue. So they're building, like, a, essentially, it sounds terrible, a concentration camp. Literally. Like, it's a camp full of prisoners. Of those streets, they were all lined with these canvas tents. Each of the Can tents- Can you imagine the smell? No. So oh. each of the tents held 14 to 15 men. Like, bleh. Did they, they didn't have like tents with rooms in it like they have nowadays. No, 
And <laughs> so after the limit was reached, though, like I said, all the others were just left on their own. The guards who stayed outside, they were just they were just literally laying everywhere. So the river was divided into sections for different uses. The upper segment was used for drinking water, the next was for bathing, and the last segment was for the latrine. I just threw out my mouth a little bit. With the lack of trees in the prison, um, it was just exposed, so the summers were extremely hot. Everybody's got sunburn. And there was no shelter. But on the other side, the winters were extremely cold. Um, and were these prisoners of war or yes. like, okay. Uh, so I at, was thinking they were selling pot. At first, the prisoners, <laughs> uh, first commanded Captain Norris Montgomery, prisoners were allowed to bathe in the river, um, buy additional food from local settlers, great. When he was replaced by Captain Henry Wartz, no more privileges. Took him, literally took everything away. And because they used to like pass their time I mean, like, prisoners playing, like, cards and just, like, you yeah. know, no more of that under Mr. Wirtz. Well, he's a dick. Accounts of living conditions <laughs> vary. Um, a U.S. treasurer during the Lincoln administration described the dreadful and horrifying conditions Union soldiers found at Belle Isle, and this is an actual quote, in a semi-state of nudity, laboring under such diseases as chronic diarrhea, scurvy, oh. frostbites, general debility caused by starvation, neglect, and exposure, Many of them had partial, partially lost their reason, forget, forgetting even the date of their capture and everything connected with their history. Of course! They were filthy in the extreme, covered in vermin. Nearly all were extremely emaciated, so much so that they had to be cared for like infants. Oh. My. God. So I showed someone a picture of a soldier, like a Union soldier, and she literally said, if you didn't tell me what that was from, I would have just assumed it was from the Holocaust. Oh my God. Like, it's that bad. And Other, I have a stupid question. Is this North or South? What? Virginia. It's considered It's South, like in yeah. the middle. Give me a break here. Oh, yeah, it's <laughs> not like, yeah, we're not in Mississippi. Like, yeah, yeah. Other accounts claim that there were never enough tents, obviously, that prisoners slept outside on damp, boggy grounds, and on one occasion, Several men just froze to death because, like, the ground's wet. You're by a river. Like, yeah. they're going to freeze. There's little doubt that as shortages of food and supplies almost paralyzed the Confederacy, the number of prisoners grew. And it, there is, it is um, recorded that at one time, the most prisoners ever on Belle Isle was around 10,000. Oh, my God. And there was only room for 3,000. And they're still saying only about 1,000 A committee sent to the island by the U.S. Sanitary Commission reported being told the men were fed mule meat and wormy buggy soup. And no! some were so near starving they would try to devour local dogs. I'm so glad I didn't eat dinner before I came. A union doctor who treated exchange prisoners confined at Belle Isle wrote that, quote, every case wore upon it just of hunger and the expression of despair. Their frames were, in most cases, all that was left of them. Oh and if you see these God. pictures, they literally are like skeletons. Um, after the war, a prisoner recalled the Belle Isle as a nightmare of starvation, disease, and suffering from cold. So now, fast forward to today. Okay. When you go out there, you're like, this is nice. <laughs> like, like no, literally I'm never where you going. take someone the first time. But with that, because nothing's paranormal yet, it's just been a history story. True. There are numerous accounts of 
like hearing men like cry for help and like moans and all that residual energy that was there. For some reason, most accounts come from runners that like they'll just be running through and like they'll take out headphones because they hear something like someone calling for help or. Oh my God. And I mean, the internet is littered with accounts of people out there just like hearing things. Like they've never, I'm sure someone's seen something, but. Right. um, Yeah, just all these accounts of residual energy. And I'm like, no shit. Yes. It was, I mean, that's, jails are some of the most haunted locations yeah, we've ever been exactly. to. And that, in those conditions, I cannot even imagine. I mean, think about 10,000 men yeah. starving, yeah. freezing cold, yeah. like probably using each other for warmth, mm-hmm. and then they just die. Like, yeah. well, obviously they have something left, as in like, spiritually. Yes. Or well, like, it, whether it's residual energy or if they're still haunting or whatever. So we... We define residual energy like a prison. There's just, or think about a school. Like think about a school. So you have hundreds of thousands of kids throughout the years walking down these hallways, closing these doors. That's why a lot of times in schools, when people investigate them, you hear a door close or you hear footsteps. Kids running down a hallway. It's just, it's what happened and just, it's almost like rubbing your hand on carpet and then touching something like, you get that spark. Yes. It's that residual energy. Mm -hmm. It's the exact same thing. Whereas intelligent energy, is like something saying your name or tapping you or poltergeist activity. Right. And there's got, I bet there's intelligent haunting there as well. Oh my gosh. But now I want to go with a completely different mindset. Right. It's like, can we go camp out there? The scurvy's gone. Yeah. Is there residual smell? That's what I (laughs) want to know. I can't get it. But yeah, I was like, this is probably the most like, it took the longest to get to where I was going. But no, it was good though. I had no idea, and like Jess, who lives here as well, she didn't have any idea that, you know, the American. Actually, this would have been the first concentration camp. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. I and they don't teach you that shit in history. No. It's terrible. I don't like it. I well, mean, and I, I still don't want to. Now you know. Well, I appreciate it. I know, and I was actually so her daughter Cassie, she's an elopement photographer, and. Before I researched this story, I was like, Cassie, you should go do a shoot out at Belle Isle. <laughs> no. She'll get all the ghosties. I know, film. right? Oh. Hey, did you see the uh, trailer for the new Candyman movie? I did. What are your thoughts? It's interesting. Yeah. I really like Jordan Peele. Yes. Um, so I'm optimistic. Yeah. But like, there's some things added already in the teaser that I'm like, Candy Factory? <laughs> They're. Cabrini Green isn't even a thing anymore. <laughs> um, so I trust Jordan Peele. I do too. Um, and Tony's in it, and um, what is her name? Madison? You got me. The blonde lady. She was my first girl crush. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's another thing we do. Georgia. We get sidetracked just talking about movies. We do. And, and then it's. An American fi- Horror Story, quite And often. then it's 15 minutes into the podcast, and we're like, We've only talked about movie reviews. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then it all ends up getting cut. I'm super stoked about it. Now, here's my question, which I probably should have researched this before asking you, but you may know more than I do. Is like the Candyman legend, like, is it real or was it just made for a movie? I never heard of it. Like, I right. always heard of Bloody Mary in the right, mirror. Right, it's very similar. Yeah, but I never heard of that. But Tony that's Todd's me. a little scarier. Tony Todd is terrifying. Yes. <laughs> he's a very large And it's large cool that man. he's in it. I am, yeah, I'm very excited about it. Okay, I should probably tell my story. Are you doing a Candyman story? No. Oh. I, it was in my 
things to talk oh, about. I, I thought that was your segue in your no, story. No, no, no. I was like, I'm intrigued. <laughs> no. um, so my story is about Grace Sherwood. As we start our filming on season four that we talked about it, of our paranormal investigative show that I'm sure you're sick of hearing about. Um, we begin filming this week at our first location that's not so far from here, and it's called Fairy Plantation. This place is legit ha haunted, in all seriousness, the only place I have ever seen a full-on ghost from head to toe. I'll be the judge of that. She better show up, I'm just saying. <laughs> it's where the phrase, if you didn't get it on film, it didn't happen, yep. came from for our show. So um, we had just finished doing a little bit of filming in the parlor, and I rounded around the corner to go into, I think it's the library? I'm really bad, it's been a long time for me. I came around the corner and I saw this little head of this little girl pop out of this doorway, smile at me, and then she just kind of came on out and turned around and walked away. Was and it I a went, little girl? It was a little girl. No. Yay big. So I went running after her, which I try really hard not to do, but I'm like, wait, come talk to me. Where, where she headed, it was like a dead end in the house. So I told the ladies that were there with us, because a lot of times people have to kind of hang out there with us, because I think they're gonna, we're gonna break things or something, I yeah. don't know. But I talked to them about it, and I described her, and she pulled out a drawing that somebody else had done of the same little girl they had seen, and it was the same little girl. She was known then as the fairy plantation girl, um, but when I booked the location for us to investigate, I guess she finally has a name. They know who she is, and her name oh. is Bessie. Okay, Bessie. So I'm very excited for you to meet Bessie. I can't but wait. we need to, like, we can't go in there on a manhunt. Oh, I, I know you're really going to want to, but Stop. that's how it's not going to happen. I know. If you're like, Bessie, get out here. No, I won't. She was sweet. She smiled at me. Okay. <laughs> But like anyway. She was about to kill you next time you came. No. She was like, she I'm going to get you next play. time, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm here, and I'm going to be the one to die. I'm going to be killed. It's like hereditary. <laughs> like, she's the one that's crazy, and it's the son that ends up dying. There you go. Ugh. Okay. Sorry if you haven't seen hereditary. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> um, but what I'm going to tell you is a story of Grace Sherwood. She was the witch of Pungo, which... I think is still a, like a suburb of, for, I don't know, anyway. The story's good, that doesn't really matter. She was sentenced to death by ducking, which I'll get into a little bit later, just feet from my beloved fairy plantation. And the story goes a little something like this. Grace was born in 1660 to John and Susan White in Pungo, Virginia. In April 1680, Grace White married a respected small farm landowner named James Sherwood. Grace's father gave uh, James and Grace 50 acres of land as their wedding gift. You know, I I wish people why did that more. That happen anymore. Right, like on a registry, he just like 12 acres. <laughs> Someday, no, no, we're running out no, of we're land. Out, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then upon his dying, left them the remaining 145 acres that he had. Yeah, goals, Dad, come on. Grace worked the land with John and her three sons, John, James, and Richard. Grace also grew her own herbs, which she used for medicinal purposes to heal both people and animals. I mean, as close as you can get to a doctor and a vet yeah. in those days. She was also a midwife, and when her husband James died in 1701, she never remarried. There are no paintings or drawings of Grace, 
but over the years she was described as tall, beautiful, and funny. Okay. <laughs> I think I'm funny. <laughs> and heaven forbid, she was known to wear trousers while doing her farm chores. Come on, people. So what I'm seeing is a good-looking, single, well-educated woman who's motivated and wants to help others, whose fashion sense actually makes sense. Are you with me? <laughs> cool. And as you can imagine, men found her attractive. I mean, this lady was the whole damn package. And cue the basic jealous bitches, AKA <laughs> the Karens. Um, those of you listening who aren't familiar with the black spot on our history, which is the Salem Witch Trials, these qualities that today make women successful and who many aspire to be were considered witchcraft back in those days. I hate people. Um, as you can imagine, Sweet Grace's jealous hater bitch faces accused her of being a witch. <laughs> Just saying. And that was huge back in the day. The colonists took the existence of witches and demonic forces as like real life. Right. Um, more worried, nope. <laughs> I mean, now we all know it was a way to throw amazing, unique people under the bus and fucking kill them, mostly because they had things that Karens didn't. <laughs> I am not a hater. Yeah. Anyway, um, Virginia was a bit different in these times. They didn't often take allegations of witchcraft seriously. They were more worried about prosecuting offenses such as, wait for it, gossip, slander, and fornication, seeing them as threats to social stability unlike the colonists up in Salem. Although few Virginia records survive from that area, 19 known witchcraft cases were brought in the colony during the 17th century, and all but one ended in acquittal, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. I just assumed everybody hated witches back I then. I thought so too. It's just Massachusetts, apparently. <laughs> Whether it was her fascination with herbal remedies, her affection for animals, or her noted beauty, Grace Sherwood consistently found herself on the receiving end of neighbors' accusations in the rural farming community of Pungo in the early 1800s. Did I say 1800s? No, that was the 1600s. In early 1697, Richard Capps alleged that she had used a spell to cause the death of his bull. The court made no decision because they're like, are you kidding me right now? Um, in 1698, Sherwood was accused by her neighbor, John Grisburn, of enchanting his pigs <laughs> because, you know, and ruining his cotton crop. They just hated her, <laughs> this poor, poor woman. No court action was followed by this accusation. In the same year, here's Karen, Elizabeth Barnes alleged that Sherwin had assumed the form of a black cat, enters Barnes's home, jumped over her bed, dove and whipped her. Oh my gosh. I mean, she's got a story, I'm just saying, and left via the keyhole. <laughs> I mean, talk about an imagination. Again, the allegations were unresolved. Princess Anne County had obviously grown tired of Mrs. Sherwood as a general nuisance. I think they're just like, we, we just can't take these yeah. cases anymore. Sherwood sued Hill back and her husband for assault and battery on December 7, 1705, and was awarded damages of 20 shillings. So I'm just saying, She's kind of amazing. 
So on January 3rd, 1706, the Hills accused Grace Sherwood of witchcraft. She failed to answer the charge in court. On February 17th, 1706, the court ordered her to appear on a charge of having bewitched Elizabeth Hill, causing a miscarriage. So, I mean, this has just been going on for years. And just because she didn't show up, I mean, she should have shown up. Right, she had been there enough. Yeah, I'm just saying. Okay, in March of 1706, justices sought to impanel two juries, both made up of women. The first was ordered to search Sherwood's home for waxen or based figures that might indicate she was a witch. Okay. Like voodoo dolls? Oh, well, yeah, like, you know. Um, the second was ordered to look for demon suckling teats. So apparently, if you're a witch, you feed demons that way. Appointed to look for markings on her body that might be brands of the devil. They discovered two marks, not like theirs or like those of any <laughs> other woman. It's freaking birthmark. I'm just saying. Uh, the forewoman of this jury was the same Elizabeth Barnes who had previously accused Sherwood of witchcraft. Surprise! Now I'm seeing a trend here. Elizabeth's back then were the Karens. <laughs> Do you guys know what a Karen is? Okay, thank you. Because I'm not getting any laughs and it's killing me. <laughs> now they all laugh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. On May 2nd, 1706, the county justices noticed that while no particular act of malficium Sure. With it. Okay. Had been alleged against Sherwood, there was great cause for suspicion. On July 5th, 1706, the justices ordered a trial by ducking to take place with Sherwood's consent. We're like, yeah, we're going to do this. Is that okay? Um, but heavy rains caused a postponement until July 10th as they feared the wet weather might harm her health. <laughs> we're going to kill you, but you know we don't want the rain to make you sick. So, that being said, let me tell you what ducking is. Trial by ducking was considered outdated, even at that time. Nevertheless, Grace agreed to the practice in a desperate attempt to clear her name. So, they're like, we're going to give you the option, but if you don't take it, you're a witch. As water was considered pure, the thought was that it would reject evil and accept innocence. If she floats, she's guilty. If she drowns, she's innocent. They'd strip the accused naked, bind their thumbs to their big toes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kidding. And just throw them in the water. That's hilarious. And wait and see what happens. There's pictures of this online. I can't put them on the stories because they're all naked women. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag 1700 science, people. Um, at about 10 a.m. on July 10th, 1706, Sherwin was taken down a dirt lane known as Witch Duck Road, there's your sign, <laughs> to, yep, you guessed it, Fairy Plantation, near the mouth of Lynn Haven River. News had spread and the event attracted people from all over the colony who began to shout, Duck the Witch! Duck the Witch! Duck the Witch! <laughs> I need a shirt that says Duck the Witch. Anyway. Or, never mind. <laughs> So, if Sherwood floated, she'd be deemed guilty. If she did not, she'd be innocent. And, I mean, tell me, if she's going to sink, she's going to drown. So, right. either way, she's fucked. Yeah. Okay. I don't understand people. Okay. So, it was not intended for Sherwood to drown. The court had ordered that care be taken to preserve her life. So, after she's drowned, they're going to go in and grab her. It's a mess. 
So after five women check the binding job of the toes and the thumbs, and then what I'm picturing is like an S&M expert comes in and checks the knots to make sure she's not going to escape, they put her in a sack. And then six of the justices that had ordered the ducking rode in one boat 200 <laughs> yards out to the river. And in another were the sheriff, the magistrate, and Sherwood in a bag. <laughs> With her um, toes attached yes. to her thumbs. I feel so bad for her. Um, just before she was pushed off the boat, Sherwood was said to have stated, under clear skies, before this day be through, you will all get a worse ducking than I. <laughs> is it autocorrect or is it really ducking? <laughs> I don't know why I'm seeing this in like a like scary movie setting, as in like I'm seeing it the as parody, cartoons. like scary movie. Oh, yeah. And this is Anna Ferris, <laughs> and all this is happening to her. Literally. <laughs> Literally. And she just screams what you just said. Yeah, like, with her thumbs yes. tied and she her big toes in, in a, a bag. <laughs> okay. After she was pushed in, I just picture them kicking her off the boat. I don't know. I have a wild imagination. She quickly floated back to the top. So the sheriff then tied a 13-pound Bible <laughs> around her neck. I am not, I can't make this shit up. Um, and this caused her to sink, duh. But she untied herself in the sack under the water and returned to the surface, convincing many spectators she was a witch. <laughs> this poor woman. Maybe she was just a witch. I hope so, because witches are awesome. As Sherwood pulled out of the water, a downpour reportedly stated, drenching the onlook onlookers, so they got their ducking. She's totally a witch. <laughs> Um, what happened to Sherwood after the ducking is really unclear, as many court records have been lost. The only thing that seems to have been recorded was her release from jail six years later. So what happened was she didn't drown. She was still a witch, so they just kept her in jail. I don't know if they were planning on doing it again, but she finally got released. You go, girl. So proud of her. She lived the remainder of her life quietly until her death in 1740 at about age 80. Whoa. That's really old for back then. Not for a witch. Oh, true. God, I hope I'm a witch. Why didn't they just press her like they did all the ones in Boston? Well, thank God they didn't. She, she got out of jail. That's true. Yeah. She lived till 80. She outlived those bitches. <laughs> she totally did. <laughs> Score! It was noted that she was still a, wid a widow. She left five shillings to each of her sons, James and Richard, and everything else to her eldest son, John. And I want to know what the other boys did that pissed her <laughs> off. They probably called her a witch. Um, according to legend, Sherwood's sons put her near the fireplace. And a wind came down the chimney. Her body disappeared am amid the embers. And the only clue being a cloven hoofprint. Lies and untruths. That's fake news, people. Um, Sherwood lies in an unmarked grave under some trees in a field near the intersection of Pungo Ferry Road and Princess Anne Road. So her body Virginia didn't Beach. disappear. Apparently. I told okay. you, fake news. Yeah. Um, stories about the devil taking her body, unnatural storms, and loitering black cats quickly arose after her death. And local men killed every feline they could find. This widespread killing of cats might have caused the infestation of rats and mice recorded in Princess Anne County in 1743. I'm not going to lie, I really <laughs> hope that's true, because karma. 
Um, but this woman is my goddamn hero. Talk about survival in the face of adversity and jealous haters. A statue in honor of Grace was unveiled on April 21st. 2007 and is in Virginia Beach, wow. so we should probably check that out. Take a selfie with good old, what's her name? Is that Grace, I Grace. think. Grace. Words are hard. Um, a whole story on her, like, what's her name? <laughs> but the true poetic justice came in on July 10th, 2006, when Governor Tim Kaine restored Grace Sherwood's good name 300 years to the day since the ducking drama. The ducking drama. The ducking drama! That's the name of this episode. <laughs> yes! <laughs> um, I feel like the next step is to add a celebration of some sort. Do we know if there's any celebrations in uh, Virginia Beach for A festival for her? For yeah. her? There's I always think that a would festival. be fun. Yeah, all the witchy goods. Everything has a festival. Yeah. Oh, and I don't have... I forgot to put all my sources where I got this. <laughs> Google, thanks for the, for the help. I freaking appreciate it. But I thought it was a neat story. That is really cool. Yeah. It, yes, her life was very intriguing. I'm just excited that I now know what ducking is. <laughs> because how that's not never, like, it's probably made a movie at some point, but like. Maybe that's what autocorrect is trying to say. I doubt it. Mm. <laughs> but that is true, like, oh, I guess you could be like ducking under a table. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now it's always going to be, uh, y'all are going to think witches when your phone right. autocorrects the Naked F-word. women, toes, thumbs, in a sack. <laughs> I couldn't even. 13-pound Bible. Yeah. And the, the picture was on Wikipedia, and it looked like she was just kind of hogtied. But when I read the thumbs and the big toes, I'm like, first of all, rope was really thick like back a then. terrible yoga pose. Literally. <laughs> that's like upside-down ducking dog. <laughs> uh. But that's what we do. We tell stories. Yeah, we just tell each other stories. And this is when we open up to you guys. So does anybody have a personal paranormal story? It doesn't have to be ghosts. Yeah. I prefer Bigfoot stories. Aliens. Aliens are always good. Chupacabra. It literally doesn't matter. All the cryptids. Anybody? Don't be shy. I know I saw a few people looking at each other. I saw somebody nodding in the back. I know. So don't be shy. Guys, this will be our first live podcast where we don't have a story from y'all. Oh, Get up perfect. here. Come on. But it, we record this and put this up on our podcast. So. You're going to be famous. Bring that Heck scooter yes. up here, girl. Woo. Maybe because I'm so open to it, I think. Oh, it makes all the difference. That I see them. So we were in Vail, and we were visiting some friends, and we were staying at their house, and behind, it was in the mountains, and behind their house was a creek, and it was in the middle of all the woods. So we happened to be staying in his sister's room, who was away to college, and she had a very large window right next to the bed. So um, at night, I happened to wake up to go to the restroom and I opened my eyes. There weren't any curtains. It was just beautiful, large window, and you could see into the woods. And when I opened my eyes and I sat up, I looked out and I saw a family, Um, a husband, a wife, and the wife was holding a baby, and they had two small children in front of them. What? And they were dressed in colonial gear. 
Yes. Oh. And jealous. <laughs> so I looked at them. I thought, okay, wait, is this real? I looked at them, and then I thought, maybe I'm just seeing things. I went to the restroom. I came back. I sat in bed. I looked out. Now it's pitch dark outside, but they're glowing. And I look again, and I kind of wake my husband up. I said, I see ghosts outside, and he says, go back to sleep. <laughs> Sounds like my husband. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then I went back to sleep, and I looked at them, and they were looking at me, and then I went back to sleep. The next morning at breakfast, I told our friends about it, and um, they, their parents were there too, and they all looked at me shocked because there's their daughter, or his sister, when she was living at home, had seen many times the exact same ghost family That's that crazy. I described. And so it's the <clears throat> truth, and they were there. And I thought maybe, you know, back then, moving out to the West, maybe this family, something happened to them, and they just maybe never had peace or something, but yeah. they were friendly, and they were staring at me, and That's a great legit. story. It was legit, because they saw, their sister saw the exact same ghost many times. It was a family. Oh, thank That's you. That's awesome. You get a sticker. Awesome. You guys, thank you so much for listening to us kind of drone on and yeah. forget my place. <laughs> Talk about our TV show. Yeah, <laughs> forget my place and my... You're okay, Oh, Beep you do away. your thing, girl. But those of you that liked what we did, not too many people left. I'm kind of excited. So thank you all for yeah. staying who did. We've got these up here. If you want to go ahead and take one, it gives, um, you know, where you can find us online and all that good stuff. But we'd love to hear from you. We take, if you guys had a ghost story that you weren't interested in getting up here and being brave like this wonderful woman here, um, we do take submissions for the podcast. Yeah. And our website has all that information on there. But you guys, thank you so much. And um, somebody come get a selfie with us so we feel kind of important. Thanks, guys. Bye. Oddity Files is an independent production. Intro music created by DJ Jimmy. Wah, wah. 2020 artwork created by me, Kitsy Duncan. The opinions expressed in this podcast are ours and ours alone. Well, maybe yours too. If you like the show and would like to support us, visit oddityfiles.com and click on support or go to patreon.com slash oddityfiles. Every little bit helps with both the podcast and the TV show. You can also support us by watching Oddity Files on Amazon Prime. It's free to Prime members and dirt cheap to those who aren't. You can find us on all the social media sites at Oddity Files. Keep spreading the word by sharing, retweeting, and reposting. Join our Oddity Files Facebook group by searching Oddity Files Fan Group and click join. We'll approve you as soon as we can. All weirdos are welcome. Not into that social media stuff? Tell your coworkers, family, even the weird guy who just won't stop talking to you in line for coffee. Oh, and grandma. Your grandma will love us. We appreciate each and every one of you. And if it weren't for you, we have no idea what we would do with our lives.
If you have a story you'd like to submit, send it on in at oddityfilescrew at gmail.com. Also, send in story ideas, silly, weird memes, or just positive vibes to oddityfilescrew at gmail.com. You can also call in and leave that in a voicemail. Call us at 317-300-6699. To contact us about an appearance, reach out at kitsy at oddityfiles.com. When you have a sec, rate, review, and subscribe. We know it doesn't sound like much, but it really helps us get up there on the podcasting charts. And remember, kids, weird is the new cool. Ghost on. Um, why are you still here? Go on. Get out of here. Turn it off. It's done. Really? I swear, go. Get. Serious, I'm out of here.